Dun, 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 dun. It's the beginning of the next Corridor Cast hey, podcast. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? Welcome back once again. Uh, who are we here with today? Do you guys want to go round robin and introduce yourselves? Yeah, sounds uh, good. Kick it <laughs> off, Jake. Okay, well, hey, my name's Jake Watson. I'm the uh, producer of Corridor Digital, and uh, welcome to our podcast. Favorite pizza? Uh, favorite pizza, probably sausage pepperoni. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. Took my favorite Two pizza. meats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why, you know, maybe add a little bell pepper in there if you're feeling... I mean, you're already eating pizza. What's the point, right? Thin like... crust, maybe. But, <laughs> like, you know, I'll just take normal hand-tossed pepperoni sausage. Let's go. You know what? I ordered a pizza from a, a pizza place lately, and uh, they delivered it to my door, and it was so heavy. And I'm holding this pizza, and I'm like, this pizza weighs, like, legitimately, like... 10 or 15 pounds, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe probably 10 pounds. It weighed, it weighed about 10. What is that meat Jesus? Did you get a meat Well, Jesus? I opened it up and well, cause the thing is that, like, I was like, I want a thick pizza please. And I opened it up and the pizza crust was like two inches thick on the end and two inches wide on the outer diameter on the circumference. You got that deep, that extra deep dish. And I don't know if they just slapped two pies together or something <laughs> like that, but it was an incredible pizza experience. It was like, I couldn't tell if I was eating focaccia bread or pizza. <laughs> so I'm wow. never going to order from anywhere else ever again. Wow. Well, who are you? Yeah. What are you doing here? <laughs> what an introduction. Hi, my name is Sam. Uh, I've already <laughs> told you about my favorite pizza, but uh, so <laughs> there's not much else to say. I'm a, I'm a co-founder of Quarter Digital and a, uh, a frequent guest of this podcast. So well, yeah, welcome back. Talk to you. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, I'm Christian. I'm business manager at Quarter Digital, and I also tech these podcasts. So here we are. Nice. Hey, Christian. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, tech. Pepperoni pizza and meat Jesus. Pepperoni and, uh, you know, if I have to go more, put some meat on it. Thank you. Is the meat Jesus all the, all the meats? Oh, well, the meat Jesus at Pizza oh, yeah. Nista, it's like, yeah, it's like all the meats they got. They got bacon on it, probably. It's like bacon, pepperoni, sausage. It's all good. Jesus will take anyone into his kingdom, just like any meat on that pizza. Anybody in that meat. Wow. <laughs> well, I think it's the person eating it is the one who needs the forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> uh Hi, my name is Nico. I'm a production assistant at Corridor. When people need coffee, I'm the one who goes and gets it. <laughs> nice. Uh, and my favorite pizza is, so there's this one pizza shop that's in lower Manhattan. They have $2 slices of just cheap-ass pepperoni, mm. but their crust is coated with cornflakes, cornflake mm. crumbs before they put it in the oven, and it is the best pizza crust I've ever had. So that's my favorite Whoa. kind of pizza. Cornflake glaze. Cornflake yeah. crust. Christian, yeah. do you remember that that late night place oh, in Midtown? Yeah, dude, in New York. Oh, yeah. Every night. Dude, yeah, that one spot. Was hey, Jake. <laughs> yeah, just hooking it up. Just like, oh, yo, what's yeah. up, man? They were just like, yeah, we got to get rid of this. Buy it all. <laughs> yeah, here, take we're it. closing in five minutes. Yeah. That, that is the best. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like, hey, there's, we're not doing anything with these. You're the last customer. You want this? It's like, oh, yeah. I want it. That's Jake, I just, I just wanted to ask you, are you sure that you're using the microphone on your desk and not the one in your webcam? 
Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Hold tap on, the microphone. guys. If I do, tap, tap just it. Do... Just... Oh my goodness! Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, you're about to hear Jake's voice get upgraded. Here we go, guys. I don't know what to say. Oh my it's, god! Wow, it's a so new better. Jake. <laughs> I don't know what to say, everybody. This Turn up the volume. Uh, <laughs> Isn't there a knob with, on those? You can start with "I'm sorry." That no, it's a, it's a, that's for the speaker. <laughs> Dude. Um, is is this good? Yeah, you sound good. Okay. Yeah, Besides, I got separate audio can, channels recording. Yeah. So. You're good. Guys, wow. Th- there's a yeah. We've made some. We've made some mistakes here. Um, I'd like to be the first to apologize, but um, you are the truest of the true tons when you're watching the corridor cast, and you get to see us at our best and our worst. So Sometimes welcome. We fail. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking but of seeing us at our best, Jake, tell me about that jersey that you're wearing. Do you like oh, it? Man, we've been working on these for <clears throat> for a long time now. Um, this is a true majestic. Yeah, oh, that's so. Awesome. Uh, majestic brand mlb brand uh baseball jersey i've been working on these with jay we got the katakana corridor mm-hmm. right here yeah. mm. um, we've got our little uh well it's our actually our unofficial baseball team name is uh <laughs> pa- uh papa sam and the and the and the grounders or no papa <laughs> fly papa fly and the ground <laughs> now, Jake, I, look, Jake. I know you, you're a ball you man. Resemble a '70s like funk band, but yeah. also a baseball team. Jake, so I know you're a ball man. So give me your opinion. Are you okay. a are you are you a long bat kind of man for the the grand slams, or a short short bat kind of guy for the bunts? Uh man, that's <laughs> tough. You know, I've been watching baseball for years, and all in my whole life, I've only <laughs> ever seen like four or five grand slams. That's like incredible. Five while i was watching you gonna go out there and swing for the fences uh yeah <laughs> yeah cool. i mean you know like i i like a good bunt just as much as the next man but you know it's it's not as exciting as a grand slam obviously you think the boys well, have what it takes this year oh yeah <laughs> a okay. bunt is like the most anime baseball move though <laughs> think about it because you, you you pose before the ball even gets to you <laughs> yeah well, you like silently like listen for the ball and it just like bounces That's off your bat. <laughs> There's also a lot of like interior monologuing that happens before a bunt because it's not something you just do like willy nilly. You have to plan it out. So you're there thinking like, if I bunt this ball, he'll be forced to run forwards, therefore getting the second guy, the second baseman onto the third base, which sets oh. us up for a score. Yeah, that all happens, you know, as I the just, ball's in the air. Well, the ball is traveling towards you, and you <clears> don't <throat> think about any of that until you're in bunt formation. Right. Like the ball is like two or three feet away before you even figure out what kind of strike you're going to give it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, what about you, Sam? What's your favorite kind of uh, baseball hit? Hit? Uh, I'm, I'm one of those XL bats. I want one of those, like, four or five-inch fat bat. I'm a fat bat kind of boy. Yeah. You know, I love to just uh, give it a little smackaroo and send it flying out of the park. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a slow runner, so that big bat gives me a little bit more air on the ball. Do you use pine tar? Uh, on my feet, actually. I use it because, once again, I'm not – I'm a slow guy. I'm not much for skidding. I don't have enough – you know, I, I want as much grip as possible as I'm running for space. Huh. Hmm. Never made it there. <laughs> <laughs> never made it to first base? No, never made it to first base, but, you know, we'll uh, – you know, I got like a few games this weekend coming up. Okay, good luck. Thanks. Good luck. Yeah, man, swing away, Sam. Swing away. 
Yeah. yeah. Swing, swing a leg. Swing, swing, <laughs> swing a leg, man. Swing a leg. <laughs> the title of this podcast, guys, Swing a Leg. Good luck, man. Swing a leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it actually comes from a kickball kickball phrases but yeah <laughs> sam how is your um how's your unreal rendering going i i heard you guys did some recording the other day oh, yeah Good. well yesterday was a huge milestone because i can sit around and pixel fuck all day if i want to but like until i have an actual like script slash performance slash actual like stuff to start building from like it's all basically r&d so to speak so yesterday we held a rec- uh, a remote uh voiceover session basically where nico clint and myself hopped on discord we're all recording high quality files locally at our individual locations uh we read through a script did a bunch of improv and riffing on some clips and today i've started going through and i'm, I'm basically editing like an audio only version of the video so that way uh it will help me create a blueprint of what to animate um, so it is yeah. a true animation in that sense, in that sense that you're, you're, you're scripting and you're recording the audio prior to the video. Yes, exactly. So then basically the way the next steps work is once it's edited, uh, not like perfectly edited, like we'll do more editing after we render out all the footage, but basically I'm just setting up like, all right, here's an audio track that I can build out animations and camera work from as if this was what was actually happening on set. So um, I have my audio there, and then I will pair that up with a facial animation next, where basically I'll use a phone to basically mime what each person is saying and attach that animation to their character's face. And then um, the next step after that is doing body animation. And since we're not using motion capture suits, basically I have a whole library of like seated expressions and talking and laughing and crying and scream, you know, like all sorts of stuff which then I will like pair to each moment so that way they're like emotionally consistent. How come you didn't use a, a mocap suit? Uh, it's, it's kind of like a space thing right now because like I, I could use a, like the XN suit. I could just put it on and sit here in my desk. But like, I don't know. It's, it's, there's not a lot of space to be totally honest to move around right now where I'm working. And yeah. so I figured that I should just I can just use a lot of like canned animations for the body and the expressions and do do some manually manual tweaking to them to make them fit. Um, Did you, because if you look at VFX artists react, it's like the only thing other than like going, wow, or whatever, blah, 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 is simply just turning to the person next to you and speaking. Like that's the only like specific thing that happens other than like the, whoa, oh my God, you know? So, (laughs) But but that's why we did this video specifically is because it's like, all right, it's dialogue and face-based and it's people on a couch. So it's like a, a, an, an easy point of entry to making like a fully animated piece like this. So this is really just the test for all of you watching. This is just the test that we're going to do before we attempt to actually record an entire VFX Artists React episode and post it with this method without anyone knowing if it's live action or not we're just gonna oh man we're just gonna float it <laughs> out the there. challenge well they yeah. just today um um an artist just released a real-time nearly photo real model of um our superman boy mission impossible boy uh, uh what's your boy what's his name again 
Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone, an artist made, uh, like it's just was went online today and uh, it is crazy how good it looks for a real time model. I mean, it's, it's comparable to like any model to be totally honest, like any photo real rendering, um, but it's all operating and able to be captured in real time. So uh, the only difference, well, the, the reason I'm not doing that right now is because that takes months of research and work and just like a crazy amount of skill that I haven't built up yet. But, but to be totally honest, yeah, like down the line here, like, it, well, that's, you know, it's like, funny. That's a possibility. I'm joking about it. But when we went to, when we met and met Snoop that one time, he was serious about it. He was like, man, I'm just trying to figure out how I can find somebody that, uh, that can, uh, give me some renders so so i can be on stage entertaining but i'm not actually there <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know being wow. two places at once yeah. it's like that's that was his thing that was his that's the next level thing that he's trying to get at i mean he was on stage with tupac for the hologram so he's just like do that for me for my shows and then i could be somewhere else yeah, yeah he, wow. he referenced the gorillas as his inspiration for all that it's like they got it figured out. They can do a concert anywhere. <laughs> yeah, like no one there. knows what they look like. So <laughs> anybody, it could, it could be any musician. One guy though, right? Basically, gorillas. The gorillas is a band, a whole band that oh, it play is. up it's a like when they're on the stage, like all the lights are dark and they're just playing, and you don't know what they look like. They only show like their animated. Uh, That's cool. Like characters. So yeah, no one knows what the gorillas actually look like. It's funny because it's like I, I I totally respect that like attitude towards like creating art like that weird anonymous element but like uh just today like something was posted on reddit of like tool that the band playing one of their really early shows and it's just them on stage in a tiny bar without any shirts on but (laughs) but the thing is is that was like one of their first shows but then very quickly after that they pivoted to the whole like mysterious band thing without you know going almost like a decade without uh, posting like photos and having like the stage really like ominous and hard, hard to tell who they are um I, I would imagine for bands starting out it's kind of like really really hard to stay consistent with that vibe though it's like, <laughs> it's like you, no have to be one... already, you already have to be kind of famous yeah it's tough. it's tough this is a good example well Wait, yeah the... they just have ma- masks and makeup yeah yeah the, the, also the band got kind of screwed over because the initial backing band uh well, let's just say they were all hired studio musicians, but then they obviously, studio musicians are usually really good musicians. They all brought their flair to it. And then they're kind of like, hey, you know, this band's blowing up and we're all wearing masks and no one really knows who we are. And, you know, hey, Mr. Frontman, you're, you're kind of the frontman. It'd be cool if we could get some of this recognition. And he's like, um, no, this is the job. You wear masks. And they're like, okay, we're going to sue you. <laughs> Where did this happen? The band Ghost. Uh, oh. but, but then he was like, it's cool. I'm still a very good songwriter. And then he proceeded to continue to like make two more albums that are all pretty solid. So, you know, it is what it is. So I guess the Gorillas is just two guys. Is it really? Two guys and a guest artist. For like every yeah, I think song. when they play live, like they, they hire a band. I don't know if they're part. Yeah, they might, might, might not be part of it. But there's a lot of sounds going on if it's just two guys. Wow. Aren't gorilla, the Gorillas like just former members from like Blur? Yeah, maybe. Let's see. His band Blur. Yeah, Elbrum departed from his dis- distinct Britpop band Blur. 
Yeah. To such hits as Woo Hoo. Epic hits as Woo Too, Woo Hoo, and Song Number Two. Oh, those are the same song, aren't they? Uh, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's like, I'm not feeling it creatively in this band. <laughs> My song titling sucks. He woo hooed right on out of there. He woo hooed yeah. his ass out of that band. <laughs> <laughs> he woo hooed his ass right on out of there. I guess the same thing with Daft Punk. Anybody could be under those helmets. Yeah, they've had their pictures taken here and there, though. Yeah, gotcha. <clears throat> Too famous. Yeah, they also committed to like that's their face, and then everybody else is like I'm gonna copy that, and then you have Dead Mouse and you Dead have Mouse and Marshmallow. Marshmallow, yeah, 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 and then all the other ones that we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like being electronic artist these days, it's like eighty percent your branding and like twenty percent your music. <laughs> oh yeah, but you still need to have a couple good hits here and there. Yeah, they still got yeah. a hit, but like. I need those club bangers. That's what all music seems like. Yeah, it's just I mean, like, you really just need a good engineer so that way you don't yeah. murder people's ears with your synthesizers. I mean, we're getting to the point now where there's so much music written that, like, it's not really anything that, like, stands out unless it has, like, a new sound, which is hard to do right now. Like, you could not... You could definitely train an AI just to put out, like, decent electronic music at this point. It wouldn't be, like... It wouldn't invent anything new. It's not like it'd give you a sound like, wow, I've... It wouldn't be like Skrillex dropping the first dubstep song. You know, it'd be just your middle of the road EDM. But man, you could put out just hours and hours of generic EDM hey, at this point. Go. I found some. I found some AI generated rock music. Are you guys ready for this? Oh boy, this is gonna play <laughs> through your computer speakers into your microphone. Hell <laughs> yeah! Hell <laughs> yeah! Okay, <laughs> this is gonna be some janky shit. It's kind of crazy. Hold on, hold on. We got an ad. Somebody's getting their. One thousandth of a penny. A little uh, Metallica starter. This is very generic. Okay, this I can't is, play any more of it. Or this isn't worth our time. We're good. We're this good. is not worth the good. time of our we're audience. Good. <laughs> we're good. Well, that was generic. I, I, I don't oh, know what else. Oh, for sure. I mean, humans are superior, clearly. <laughs> we solved it here in case you were wondering whether or not ai or humans were superior humans still have it i've been getting some pretty gnarly youtube ads lately like one today was just like hey do you do you shave your balls <laughs> <laughs> oh, manscaped? manscaped yes i'm like i'm like what the fuck what is this shit? you knew exactly what you were talking about yeah, and the, guy, like, come the on. guy with the soap that's like the soap, the soap guy? guy with you're, you're stu- yeah. <laughs> pussy, you washing yourself in the shower? You little <laughs> pussy with your soap? <laughs> so get some man soap, yeah, you know. bitch. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, fuck Guys. You. <laughs> you're really appealing to my demographic, bro. You're appealing to the insecure masculine people out there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's funny. That soap? Telling you, anybody that so- just that showers with that soap, it's a fucking bitch. Yeah, but for real, the soap's full of chemicals, and that's, that's bad for the soap. environment. And soap, and like, yeah, it should be sensitive. I don't mean this in a hateful way, but if you're using uh, that two-in-one shampoo, you're fucking gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, it's like I know it's it's like that close to them saying that. <laughs> that's how the ad starts. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Like, what? Oh my god! What the hell is this? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> 
we like, should make a vignette. <laughs> we should make a vignette video where it's just it's just outrageous advertisements. Yeah. Every fifteen seconds. Oh my goodness. <sighs> I mean, that. that's by the way, that is a YouTube video idea right there, which is every like dude ad on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Easy free idea, free idea for everybody. Maybe we'll beat you to it. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, and you can just pick everything. What else is going on around here, guys? What else have you been working on? Um, been working on the edit for you, Monster. That's coming along nicely. There's a so Willy Wonka rated R. Uh, I think is going to drop the same day as this podcast. Same day yes, tomorrow. It should be chances out right now if, if you're watching this. Yeah, yeah, chances are if you're someone who listens to slash watches the podcast you're also someone who watches the videos on our channels <laughs> but if you aren't you can head on over to corridor crew to watch the robust chonker of a video where it talks about us making it and shows all the reactions or you can head on over to corridor and just watch the video itself without the reactions um but at the end of the corridor video you'll see a little teaser for three upcoming corridor videos and that's pretty cool it gets me amped you can see some of sam's stuff you can see some of you monster you can see some of tactical three loads as well oh yeah I, I haven't even seen this teaser yet well as of this podcast i haven't seen it but that, just you saying that gets me pretty amped <laughs> yeah it's like we got videos still coming out yes we're dropping four videos tomorrow are we really mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah yep we're doing willy wonka rated r on corridor the making willy wonka rated r on Cor- corridor crew doing some gameplay on node and then this podcast nice oh yeah yeah it's like for that ttt episode on node yeah it was fun yeah. yeah yep so that's also live right now too so that's so, that's future know. jake talking to I don't, I don't know what you're doing hanging out here with us you should go watch those videos right now <laughs> no 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 hang out with us this is oh, fun. Oh, sorry. Yeah, i want you i want you to be listening dear member of the audience jake have you, you remember the willy wonka edit yet I saw it before. I gave Nick some notes, but um, I haven't seen it since he did what I haven't seen what he did with those notes. Well, it, what about effects and magical? Because it's hilarious. It's insane. It is very different from where you last saw it, Jake, and <laughs> in a very good way. It 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 transformed from something that was like rough <clears throat> and mediocre, to be okay. totally honest, into something that's incredible. Like I, so what I was could not, I could. I couldn't was, breathe, dude. Dude, <laughs> Sam was just cracking up the so whole time. What was the difference? Dude, he what, added what a whole different? scene, which was amazing. Like well, he, he added a few scenes, but then also created a scene that fit perfectly well. Well, like the the knife scene. Yeah, and, yeah. Him uh, going and he like brought his dad his, out his, to the Seattle perfect. Alley, and it just perfect. Fits so he re- perfectly. He sh- there's custom shots that he filmed for it, which are perfect, and they like they they match flawlessly. Multiple viewers in our little session didn't know that they weren't from the movie. <laughs> oh, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I was like, I don't really remember this section of the movie. How did he repurpose it? I was like, how did he repurpose that? And then on top of all that, uh, he, he picked up, he, he cleaned up the entire piece and managed to find completely new takes of Willy Wonka saying some of the creepiest stuff that you, you don't even like. It's like stuff that I'm watching and I'm like watching him say it. I'm like, that's in the movie? Like... <laughs> Like and what are these shots? Like it's in, it's incredible. Not to mention the actual like effects on yeah, top of all yeah, that. Ian and Make, join us. The, the scenes are just completely insane. Like and I, I say insane a lot, but it's it's literally insane. Like this is crazy stuff. 
Yeah, and I we think... had guest appearances from uh, from Peter France and as well on the effects and uh, Ian Hubert, right? Like yeah, Ian Hubert, yeah. who, yeah, if Peter is the prince of Blender, then Ian is the king. Yeah, yeah, straight up, straight. <laughs> yeah, up. that's how it is. Blender <laughs> <laughs> king Ian Hubert, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Like that's truly, I feel like I feel like Ian is probably the the most versatile Blender artist. I've ever met and like well, Peter I mean I even place. say he, he's one of the most versatile talented 3D artists I know like, yeah I see a lot of stuff from a lot of people but Ian is able to create like worlds and scenes and stuff that is at this like crazy level that tons of people like just spend their whole lives trying to get good at like one of the things he's good at so yeah 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 I mean that thing he put out in that like kind of technology world with the girl in the elevator oh, i mean yeah. it's just it looks like some straight out of a triple a movie yeah yeah he he lives a wild little life there he, we went up to visit him that one time up in uh up in washington and he's just he's just living in the woods he's like a little compound and making weird life. making weird renders with with his little sets over there and just living it man the thing i'm I, and like i always like think about is the really creepy underwater swimming like the under the because yeah. <laughs> he has like this whole studio oh, yeah. area that used to be like a cult like a cult compound and there's like a, there's like there's like a stage he bought, bought a property that used to be a cult compound yeah he bought, and, and then and the church uh, of the, the compound is the studio as a baptism underneath the stage there's a stage with a trap door but it doesn't lead to like a like a behind the stage kind of like area it leads into a like a, a like a, a covered swimming pool it's like more huge like a swimming tub, yeah. it's more yeah. like a ta- almost like a tank it's a concrete pit let's be real <laughs> Giant. The no, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tank though it's actually got a finished like tank yeah like it'll so hold water, when you yeah. when you drop down from this trap door you fall into like a like a concrete pool Dude, instant baptism yeah it's that's <laughs> just it's just Ian's house. Yeah, it's just, it's just part of his house. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I can't wait to see it. I'll it's be great. watching it with my very, with these very eyes right now when you're listening to this. Hmm. That's cool. Uh, neat. <laughs> Neato. Neato Torpedo, man. Hey, what's uh, what's Mega Steakman doing on the Discord? Well, I... Uh, he. He is doing similar things to what I'm doing in Unreal. Okay. Uh, 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 so he's been working on doing some like real-time character stuff. And uh, we've been just kind of trading information, I guess, as far as like what we're doing. He's, he's got a whole different setup. But um, I might have him try and like come in to help like create the character models, actually. Because I'm using a method where I photo scan us and then do a bunch of manual work. And he's using... a some really cool software that is able to take images of people's faces and build much cleaner, much more versatile models that you can animate based off of them. And so the, the trade-off there is you get more flexibility and a little more expressiveness with like his method. But my method is like, well, is a photo scan of a face. So it's like, like in most, on, on, in, in a lot of angles, it looks a lot more realistic. Hmm instead of like looking like a video game character so to speak so 
but yeah, that's what that's what we've been messing with lately. Did we did we um, for people that don't know who he is? Um, he's an artist that uh, what we met through Mike Diva, right? Yeah, yeah, he's out of and he's, he's in, in Vancouver, I think, or something like that. Is he? I thought he was in Germany. Oh no, that's uh, did he move to Vancouver? No, that's another guy. That's Calvin. Oh Serrano. yeah, you're right. Yep, um, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Sam. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a little more work to do before like doing that, but there's definitely a fork in the road coming up here because I don't want to like make one and then like maybe have it does well or something and we're making another. And I'm like, eh, let's just like completely create a new method for this. Um, I'd like to just make sure it has a solid foundation when we start. But, yeah, yeah, so it's not you're not building everything from the ground up every time. Yeah, well, actually, Call. one thing one th- one thing that is really kind of interesting to talk about. So, in this idea that we're doing here, since it's like it's it's a it's it's a parody of the VFX artist reacting, where it's video game characters reacting to their uh, to, reacting to video games, but it's a world where these characters are working professionals in the video game industry, but in a fictional way. It's yeah. like if there's a if there's a Wreck It Ralph version of like VFX artists react like yeah. that's basically what you have with the video gamers react. Yeah, it's a very interesting okay. balance of the humor though, which I wouldn't mind talking about for in a second here. Yeah, but um, but right now um, as I'm going through the edit here, basically I'm picking out moments that we're going to create custom behind the scenes for basically, where I'm going to take game character models of the games we're talking about and our character models that are talking about it and and <laughs> basically. Ways create these like mini fictional behind the scenes vignettes that show our characters like working in working that game, on the game behind the scenes. <laughs> and, and uh, I've got, there's a whole bunch of, they're, they're all like really weird moments that are like, they're, they're bizarre. They're, they're absolutely bizarre. And kind of right now, it, it, it's kind of like one of the biggest sources of, of like the comedy of the piece. Um, I can't wait to see that. It's gonna be really cool. What was yeah. that? Uh, what was that? Like really old BTS that they spent all that money on with Jackie? Was it Jackie Chan? Who oh, was the like... Jackie Chan uh, stuntmaster game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We we actually bring oh that up. Oh my yeah. god! What was <laughs> that? I don't know. Oh, man, the tricky thing about like Did the video gamers t- react thing was that like we have to like make jokes about we have to make jokes like we're in this world, but we still have to reference like pop culture. Like a good example is like the Avengers game that's coming out. Like the game has these really fancy graphics. It's like they put a lot of attention into it. But obviously, like none of the characters look like the characters from the movies because like they the actors. Okay. Yeah, they couldn't afford the likeness. Yeah, so they, they, just... they, they, they were the, the Avengers game could license the property and the characters, but not the actors. But, but the the actors' contracts for the Marvel Cinematic Universe didn't apply to the game. So like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so like the generic Captain America looking dude. Yeah, so the whole joke of this, whole, like, of that segment is where we're talking about, like, now you wouldn't believe, like, these faces are recognizable to every household in America. Like, the amount of money they would have to spend, like, to get these guys there, it's crazy. Let's take a look at the star-studded cast. And it cuts to the image, and it's like, you know, who are these people? And it's like, here we have Otacon from Metal Gear Solid. We have Lucas from, uh, from Smash Brothers and Earthbound. We have Default Woman Number 2 from The Sims. She's been in the games like The Witcher. She's been in Fallout. Like, these are the industry, like these are the industry's hardest working actors. They're all like, like super famous 
likenesses of pre-existing game characters. <laughs> yeah. So these are the equivalent of the actors in the video game world, but of course there's a satire, you know, level deep on the whole fact that like none of these people look like anybody you know. Oh, Dude, yeah. Adam Jensen as Tony Stark. <laughs> this time with the metal on the outside of his body. <laughs> mini boss mini boss oh one level one. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Wow. Well wait till you them. wait till you see who bulked up for Thor. Yeah, we're <laughs> Who Thor is is a secret, and that's and the the character that plays Thor is going to be one of those scenes where I, I'm going to be creating a our own custom behind the scenes that shows you how a certain video game character was able to transform into Thor. Into Thor for this game, <laughs> oh, yeah. One of the most unlikely char- characters. One of the most unlikely transformations. Exactly. Who knows, wow. man? This might be the next like video series that we do. Look at us, we're just going to become React Boys. <laughs> Turns out Benny and Raffi had it right the whole time, man. <laughs> Here we are, 10 years later. Yeah. yeah. Well, Don't so, I, I mean, Sam, like, I guess, how long, or what, like, what's the goal of how long, like, it would take to produce one of these episodes? Well, this first one here is kind of like a, hey, let's make it in a timely manner, but it's also sure. a... There's still a lot of question marks going on. So, like, I, I, I mean, feasibly, though, like, after the process gets ironed out, like, I could see, I don't know, like, maybe, like, you could really pump one out in two weeks if you really wanted to. The main thing, though, is that, like, you you, you still have to write these ones a little bit. You know, yeah. like, they're not pure, just, reactions. Pro- like, off-the-cuff yeah. reactions. Like, you do have to, like, write jokes for them because it's you're not actually reacting to stuff. yeah it's got to make sense it's it's a lot a lot of it is fiction so um but like the, the big overall goal is like at least streamline this process so that it's not it's not going to take longer to do this than to go out and shoot a regular video with like live action in a real environment etc and and just have have it as like an option. Yeah, it might be a fun just series to just That's what I'm saying. Do. Just you know, it doesn't need to stop us from doing anything else. But yeah. it's always nice to have those formats. Yeah, in the back have stuff like that that people enjoy that that we can produce with a little bit more regularity than some of our other stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Uh, so, do you guys want to talk about? Um, what's 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 going on with our studio over the next uh few weeks or sure. with coming back in and with the possible uh additional space and all that stuff or yeah okay well let's see it's when this comes out it's smart it's april 24th so uh well, the idea is to start getting together next week to start filming some things here and there, is it not? It is. Yep. So my arms are disappearing from my video. Ah, oh, my arm! Ah! 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 It's gone! <laughs> it got blown off by a space laser! <laughs> Just kidding, here it is. Burn. All right. That was visual effects, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so... You know, we've been here in quarantine for like a month now, um, working from home, which has actually been nice. Uh, yeah. Silver lining to all this. But, um, you know, the whole thing like with working from home is that you don't get to hang out with your buddies and like film videos. And that's become a little tricky here. So like we did uh, VFX Artists React last 
the week before last week, yep. um, where we all sat decently far apart and used a Zoom lens to put us close together. And, you know, we're going to need to record some more of that. But also just being able to, like, talk through an edit with somebody or film a segment with somebody, those are things that, like, we need to start doing. So we're trying to figure, figure out, like, how do we strategize this? And, you know, for one, like, the whole team's been really responsible with social, social isolation. We've all been at home. We're not interacting with large groups of other people. Um, so the way, at least the way I see it, is if we take the necessary precautions and we, you know, we wear our face masks and we wash our hands and we keep our distance, we should be able to get together in groups of two or three to film something or, you know, other stuff that, you know, involves having a camera and pointing it at somebody else, not necessarily being close to each other um, and starting to kick that off. And little by little getting back into being able to film some things and produce some things. But, you know, we've, we've come up with ideas like Sam's uh, video games react thing where we don't necessarily have to have a big crew all in one spot. You know, it can just be a couple dudes, if even that, like getting together, but we'll, we'll trickle into that little by little starting kind of with next week. And there's, there's a study that the, I think it was either Yale or Harvard or like, I know USC did one um, where they just took a random sampling of people in Los Angeles and found out that like 4%, uh, 4.1% of people have already had the, the virus, uh, which would put the actual numbers. Antibodies that's anyway. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe it's, you know, you have antibodies from something else and it's a false positive on the test, but if it's not, which, you know, they've had multiple kind of groups kind of go do this. So it's probably relatively accurate. Uh, you know, it puts the total cases in LA at between 220 to 400,000, uh, which means in our group, in corridor, it means that there's a 50-50 chance that one person in the group has had the virus already. <laughs> Gah! Yeah. Um, but more importantly, I think it shows you that, you know, there's the vast majority of people um, are asymptomatic or just show minor symptoms. And obviously for some people, it's very deadly, just like, you know, the flu or anything else can be. Obviously, the biggest risk here is that it spreads like wildfire. It's much, it's more contagious, and then you know everybody gets it and ends up in the hospitals and they get overrun. Like that'll still happen if people aren't careful. But in a way, I don't know. Maybe it means the disease is just a little less scarier. It's not like a oh, if you catch it, just get, everybody gets the shit kicked out of them. It's like okay, it's it's like the flu. It can still mess you up, um, but it's more so about just keeping it from burning through the population too fast, and then you know it's still a fresh disease that will still kill new people and you don't want people to die. Anyways, where I'm going with all this is that, you know, little by little, we're going to start getting back into like the studio and filming things together. We're going to try to figure out a way to do it safely, but let's film some node stuff too, live yeah, action yeah. stuff. Dude, social distancing tag. I think yes. that's like, we've had PVC, PVC pipes with like tennis balls at the end. Let's do that. <laughs> let's, do that. <laughs> let's do that next week. Yeah. You know, maybe it's time to also share the good news to our listening audience that uh, Ivy and I put an offer in on a house and it was accepted. And after living in Hunter Street, in the Hunter Street building for 11 years, we will be moving out. And there it is. That will be the la- we will be the last ones living in Studio 3. We technically started in Studio 6, but we were only there for six weeks and we moved into Studio 3. And yeah. that was back in 2009, February of 2009. And we've been in Studio 3 ever since then. Like, our lives have totally transformed being in the studio. And in two weeks, Ivy and I will be gone. And that will be that. And then what happens with that studio? Well, and then Corridor Digital gets a new spot to hang out. <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah, saying so- bye to the studio in total. 
Yep, Corridor Digital gets to double its floor plan here and expand into the old Corridor Digital studios. Studio and 3 it, also used to be old Corridor. But it yeah. just so happens that it's happening. And Nico, your commute time suddenly jumps I know, man. 3,000% having to commute. <laughs> no, no, sorry, 30,000%. That's what I meant yeah, to say. Yeah, I used to just be able to walk down the stairs to get the Corridor. Now I have to drive my car. For 11 years. I know. <laughs> just think of like all the hours I've had like the extra lives I've lived thanks to not having to commute. <laughs> oh, I know. That's a, that's a real Many thing. lives. Many lives. I'm actually looking forward to having a bit of a commute. I need like, I'm starting to realize that I need like the 20 to 30 minutes, both to and from work to think about like what we're going to do for the day and you know, where I can be effective. Uh, Cause I don't really have a boss, you know, it's, I just need to like show up and like figure out the right thing to do. Um, or, you know, Jake and Sam can yell at me. But, you know, other, like, it's still you kind of figure it out your own way. You just You don't just sit there yeah. until a manager tells you what to do. Um, and then likewise, you know, sometimes things get stressful. And, like, sometimes I have to be, like, a hard ass about something to get done. Or, like, I'm getting frustrated with something. And, like, when work's done, if I just go home, like, it's, it's literally I walk out the door. And now I'm <laughs> so having, the, having the car right home will be a chance to, like, decompress and switch gears so I can feel like I'm actually home yeah. when i get there that yeah. is super important yeah i was gonna yeah. say that's that's basically what i use on my commute the way in it's like getting ready for the day put, listen to a podcast catching up on music but you know kind of just getting the mind ready and then driving home it's also time to like hey i'm gonna relax hang out with the fam the girl and stuff yeah it's uh, important it's an important process it's frustrating when it, there's traffic and you don't want to be that long but you know mm-hmm. hey gideon what's up gideon hey gideon you see hi Gideon, hey buddy. Hey, Hi. I love your little mohawk thing you got I know, going dude, on. He's rocking it. <laughs> he's getting big, man. He's kind of blown away with all these uh, all these screens. So he was like, "Oh, it's a man." You heard that earlier. Yeah. Who's that? You. That's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not me. Mia. <laughs> So that happened fast, though, man. I mean, you're, I guess... <laughs> dinosaur. You're looking for houses, and all of a sudden, that one, and now... Yeah. Well, it was both fast and slow. Like, I hear... You guys want to listen to me tell a story of looking for houses a little bit? Tell the tale. All right, cool. So <laughs> Ivy and I actually started looking at houses, like, like four years ago. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and we spent, like, about two or three months doing it, and then just backed off of it one uh you know sam and sarah were still living in studio three with me and ivy um so rent was actually super cheap uh you know the rent was being split four ways at that point um and we have a lot of space here and the commute was really nice and the street was quiet so it kind of came down to like we didn't really feel like we we're going to gain much by trying to get a house just aside from a lot of debt <laughs> so so yeah. we ended up not doing it and then um you know, time passed. Uh, Sam and Sarah got married first and had a kid first. And uh, thankfully, uh, Sam and Sarah were gracious enough to get out of the apartment <laughs> before the baby was born so that we didn't have to wake up five times a night to share in the uh, baby experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it was just Ivy and I here for a little bit. And I actually really liked the idea of being in just a downtown loft. Like a true, this is a true loft that we have here. It's not like, you know, some fancy remodeled place like this is an old office and it's wide open 
and it's got high ceilings, you know, it's a loft and yeah, you know, live that life for a little bit. So, so we did, you know, did that for about two years and then the street got more and more busy. The car got broken into the freaking weed girl up down the street, putting these fans are so loud. It sounds like oh there's a microwave God. in the room I'm with so you. Sick. There's a weed grow up on every corner yeah. in LA. Actually, there's that much demand for weed. <laughs> well, you know, it's cheap and easy, I guess, <laughs> at this point. Um, to be fair, those fans, in fact, they're so loud and so overcranked. I think they actually put the wrong voltage into them. So they're spinning like way faster than they should be. They have all since burnt out. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. There's one day where they're just going, <laughs> and that was annoying. But I also, you know, smiled on the inside, knowing that uh, ah, this life is the was end. Close to coming to an end. <laughs> and I didn't have anything to do with it. So, yeah. Um, didn't shoot any BBs into it. Didn't shoot any BBs. Didn't throw any bolts into them. Didn't like put any sand in, no on sand the bearings. Clouds. Yep. Not me. Didn't do any of that. But uh, and that sounds sarcastic. I'm being serious. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so I mean, I started looking for, for a house, um, you know, basically back in January and like, okay, you know, this is a city, there's houses. Yeah. It'll be a little competitive. Like it was really competitive. Like we were not ready for how competitive like it was. Um, like it's basically any house that's good. There's about 20 other people that are trying to buy it at the same time. And to win it, it doesn't just mean putting in the biggest price. And I'll tell you about how they screw you over in that process. It's also about like, so there's a strategy that we learned as, as it went on. And it's how you play dirty when you try to buy a house. So first things first, <laughs> you put in a really, really, really high bid, higher than anybody else. Well, first you just put in a high bid and then you ideally get countered. They come back and say, okay, your bid was good, but this is the new price to beat. Very often though, these days in LA, they don't say that. They just come back to you and say, cool, nice. Thanks for the offer. Come back, counter us now with your best and final. So they don't tell you if you had the best offer. They just oh, say, you need to come back to us with your best and final, which means if you want the house, pick a number. We're not going to tell you where, just pick a number that's higher than the number you gave us. That's the highest you would ever possibly go, your best possible number. And then we'll tell you if you get it. And so you're sitting there like wondering like, did I, was I already the highest bidder? Am I just bidding against myself at this yeah, point? Yeah, I know, right? Like it's such a bitch move and it's frustrating as all hell, but that's what everybody does. And so because of that, all the buyers now have a game that they play where they come back and they go, okay, here's my best and final. And then they blow everybody else out of the water and come in with a way higher price. Like I'm talking like a hundred thousand dollars higher than like everybody else. Just like really shooting out there. It's crazy. And the whole idea is to shut everybody else out of the process then and, and, and get the deal go, going. Yeah. And then once you're in the deal, then you do the inspections and you do all that stuff and you come back and you say, well, the pipe was blocked. Uh, I know it could get it maintained, but I want to replace the whole thing. So that's $7,000. So just give me a credit for that. Uh, you know, you have this like one small oh, issue yeah. with a drain in the kitchen. You could just fix it for a hundred bucks, but I want the whole thing replaced. Give me a $10,000 credit for that. And, like then you go through and you come back with a list of credits to knock like a hundred grand off the price. And now of course they're already like in the deal with you. The escrow is already happening. So they don't really want to back out. And basically you come in with this high price to kick everybody else out of the process. So it's just you. And then you, bargain hard and bring the price back down to what you actually want to pay for the house and yeah that's funny yeah it's super annoying like we would watch houses that we were into like go into you know pending or something like that on redfin or zillow and yeah. drop out like three weeks later because clearly like everybody was doing that all over the place and of course the sellers are just like whoa i thought we were well, actually gonna get the number you offered i mean theoretically too it's like you can put in those high bids on a house go into escrow have inspections done and then say actually uh like this door's 
kind of squeaky, and, but it makes me suspicious of all the other doors. So I don't want to replace all the doors. So I'm going to back out. You yeah. know, it's like you can, you, you can extrapolate a tiny little thing into a reason worth backing out if the seller isn't willing to like actually, you know, look at your itemized chart and negotiate back down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I didn't, I thankfully didn't have to use that method. I mean, I, we moved here like three years ago and it was still pretty crazy then, but what you're describing Nico sounds. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is like, we were also, crazy. we were aiming for Eagle Rock, which is like in Highland Park and that kind of stuff, which is like one of the last like neighborhood type places that's close to LA still. Um, like there's, there's neighborhoods around LA, but like in terms of a neighborhood, that's like 20 minutes away from LA that like, that reminds me of Stillwater, Minnesota, which is where I'm from, where like you can literally walk down the street for a cafe or like go around the corner to a park. Like Eagle Rock is one of those places. Like mm -hmm. there's, you know, space between the houses, there's yards, there's sidewalks, there's trees. And, you know, once again, you're, you're literally 20 minutes away from one of the biggest metropolitan centers in America, if not the world, <laughs> you know? So like it's any house there is being scrutinized by so many people um, and, you know, being fought over. But what ended up happening is, so... <laughs> We ended up seeing a house in Eagle Rock that was uh, small, but had a really nice yard. And that's one of the things I really valued is I wanted a really nice yard, um, just some spot for Milo, my daughter to be able to run around in. And then, you know, the weather in LA is so nice that if your yard is nice and it connects to the house, it's basically another room at this point, because it's always just room temperature outside in <laughs> LA. Um, you know, so if the house is small, you know, if the yard is nice and who cares? You got a great yard and you just hang out there. Uh, so we ended up finding this really tiny, but nice house in Eagle Rock. And it had happened, it happened to go on the market in the middle of all the quarantine. And Ivy and I already had our down payment saved. Like we were all set. We had already been pre-approved for the loans and stuff before everything hit the fan. So we were in a good position to continue looking for houses when suddenly the demand for houses dropped. And it's not that prices for houses didn't necessarily drop, but just the competition, the, you know, the 25 people put like, you know, trying to bargain for a house and get it, like all that disappeared. So like, you know, those cutthroat Hollywood managers trying to buy a house and like squeeze everybody else out of the game, they're all locked in their condos now back in Hollywood. So I got to finally have a chance to, you know, find some houses. Um, so we found this house in Eagle Rock and we put in an offer. But right as we were doing that, I saw a house pop up in Glendale and it had twice the, the square footage, had a bigger backyard. It was only four minutes further of a drive. So, you know, not that much further. I was like, man, that's a really nice house. It's kind of making me have second thoughts about this Eagle Rock house. But whatever, let's do it. And then the Eagle Rock house lost the bid again. That was our fifth house that we had put an offer in on, by the way. <laughs> so we had bid on five houses up to that point. I was like, well, maybe that Glendale house is available. Let's go check it out. And then, it, oh, nope, somebody put an offer on that house. It's off the market. I'm like, damn. Well, time for round six. Let's, you're getting pretty you know, burnt out by this point looking for houses. But our realtor ends up calling them up and they're like, hey, you know, we might be actually backing out of escrow with our buyer. Um, they're kind of being bitches. They didn't say that. <laughs> they're kind of, they're basically like the, the deal's not working out. And it sounds like what happened is the strategy that I explained to you of people coming in high and then like aggressively bidding down. They were trying to pull that on these people in Glendale and the people in Glendale were just like, nah, we're good. We don't really, we'd rather like, it was their home. It's, it's not a flip thing. It's not an investment property. Like it's just a nice house they took care of. It's from 1917. It's like, you know, nothing's brand new in it. It's just all been well-maintained because the families actually lived there for 20 years and took, a, yeah. took good care of it. And so like, you know, we're not interested in this stuff. And also the owners were the sellers. Um, so we're like, we're not going to play that game. I mean, we'll just wait until all this quarantine stuff is over. 
So we reached out, we're like, hey, we actually really like your place. Would you by chance want to show it to us? I know it's, you're not like actively doing that right now, but would you just want to show it to us? So we show up, we have our baby and she's super cute. We're, you know, we get to meet them. Turns out the owners are also the, uh, you know, the listing agents and they think we're cool. They like the baby. They like the fact that we're, you know, just a family looking for a house. And we put in an offer and we put in for just, you know, just a little bit, a tasteful amount over the asking price, just to like, you know, show us some respect, but not, you know, not a ton. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we'll take it. And so we didn't have to deal with any of the competition. We didn't have to deal with any counters. There's no bidding wars. There's no best and final. There's just a, here's our price. It's close to what you're asking for with a little bit on top. And they're like, let's do it. And that happened like four days ago. So now, uh, we have to move out of unit three and be in that house uh, <laughs> by the 13th of May. <laughs> yeah, so, it's yeah. such a hurry up and wait process. It's really funny. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. It's, oh, definitely not- a, it's a huge weight off our shoulders though. It's like after, after the grind of months and months and like, it's one thing when your baby is like just a human grub and like can't do anything. But like once they start wanting to like move around kind of like, like, boy, I can't take you outside. It's just literally a street filled with pee like from trash. homeless people. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's no yard for you to play in. Like, yeah. you'd go on hikes and like, I, we'd sit in the grass and she'd look at the grass. She'd be like, oh, oh and she like grabs her grass. Like, oh my God. And she starts chewing it. It's like, oh, I feel bad. This should be like boring to you by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Good. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched. And the, we are, you know, I guess at the end of the day, we are kind of getting a deal. I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not saving a ton of money, but like compared to houses that were going for that price in Eagle Rock and Glassell Park and Highland Park, like it's, it's a step up. So it's just, we got to avoid the whole bidding up process, which basically kept the price from rising 10%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what the market's like in, uh, in a few months here because, who knows how many buyers they're going to be and how many they're not going to be. Um, I know yeah. things are getting pretty insane here though. And that's just, I mean, that's just an example, one person's example of what it's been like for people trying to get homes and get property here. Yeah. Well, actually what led to it being so insane recently was the fact that in 2019, everybody was talking about a recession. Remember that? Like everybody's like, Oh, we're going to hit a recession at some point here. We're expecting a global recession. There's going to be a recession. And then everybody was saying that through 2019 and then like around comes like December and then like just the stock market starts going up and it was like even faster. And it's like, that's kind of weird. And then January hits, it's going up even faster. And then February hits, it's going up even faster. And it was like, all right, no recession. We're good. And then all the people in 2019 that were going to buy a house, but were waiting because they thought there was going to be a recession. were like, screw it. It's time to buy houses. So the beginning of 2020 had not just the, the regular demand from people wanting to buy houses, but all the people in 2019 that had held off started wanting to buy houses too. So like demand like doubled briefly. And that's when we happened to get into it too. <laughs> so that's why it was so gnarly. And then, you know, coronavirus happened and it put a damper on all that. But dude, once that opens, once that lid comes off and people get to start doing this again this summer, like it's going to be nuts. I'm glad I'm out of the game now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, like, like uh, on that note, on the recession note, um, there was additional 4.4 million unemployment signups last week. Uh, making the five-week total since the quarantines began, uh, 26.4 million, which is more than all of the jobs that have been gained since the Great Recession. Wow. Really? Yeah. So, 
I don't know. Is that a switch? Is it as much of a switch that you can flip on and off as, uh, as people have been saying? There's definitely going to be an impact. You know, it's going to take a little bit of time to recover from it, but it is something where if people can start returning to their jobs, like it'll, it'll but there's no, there's no doubt that business after business is going under right now. Yeah. Even with, even with the CARES Act and the payroll protection program and the freaking, you know, even with all that stuff, like, you know, there's just, there's certain markets and certain businesses that are just going to be hit too hard to, that are already closed or are going to close soon. And those jobs aren't coming back, my friend. Yeah. True. And you just got to wait for it to grow just like yeah. a plant, you know? We just trimmed it. Now we're about to chop off a major limb. Do you think this will grow back? (laughs) (laughs) You get the chainsaw out. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's the unexpected thing. I mean, I think we should honestly all just cross our fingers and hope that there's not like an earthquake or something that's like normally bad. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that happens yeah. over the next like two or three months because that would like that would actually screw things up. I mean yeah, I, yeah, it might force people out of it might force people to start doing stuff again though, too, at the same time. I don't know. Get all kinds of effects. Crazy. All right, yeah. guys. Well, Anything else? Anyone else buying a house these days? Christian, no, you saving not, up? I'm not buying anything. No, I'm, I'm doing my best to save, but I'm not working on buying a house yet. It'd be nice Get in it. the future, but um, yeah, no, we just moved into our apartment in November. So nice. Yeah, no, we're happy here. It's it's uh, probably the best place I've lived in LA so far, other than the house that we lived in. That was a fun house, man. An awesome house. Yeah. Yeah, George has made that house real nice over there. Yeah. yeah. Well, our 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 whole uh, refurbishing helped when we repainted and redid the floors. Oh, the floors, yeah, that makes it a whole, <laughs> whole new house. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining the podcast once again, and um, till next week, till next time. This is our forty-first episode. Wow, I really enjoy these podcasts. They're a lot of fun, especially like since I don't get a lot of social interaction right now outside of my wife and my baby. It's yeah. a chance to hang out with my bros for a minute. It is. That's why we do them. That's why, we, that's why they're always coming out at odd hours, but that's why <laughs> we do them like this because they're more fun that way. Totally. Yeah. All right. We'll subscribe. All right, guys. Cool. Yep. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for All joining right. the Quartercast podcast. Later. Hey guys. See ya. Time.